Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at www.comicsbeat.com as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And let's not forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and we're on social media at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And on uh, Twitter, we're at pwcomicsworld. This week on More to Come, Eric Stevenson at the Comics Crow Conference. Comics Pro Conference. I like Comics Crow. Oh, boy. Um, Comics Pro. Uh, Kickstarter Roundup and uh, Katakawa's new manga venture, Comic Walker. Um, And uh, I left out one, the uh, Comics comics Marketing Roundup. So let's get to it. Eric Stevenson at Comics Crow. The speech <laughs> heard round the world. Yes. Did I say crow again? Yes, you did, Calvin. I love uh, it. What it, is Comics Crow? I like, don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> let's start this organization. It sounds uh, good. My apologies to the listening audience out there. My, no. my mouth is not functioning today. But, um, yeah, some people would say that Eric Stevenson's mouth wasn't <laughs> functioning completely. Though, indeed, he gave a speech uh, at the Comics Pro Retailers Conference. And in, in many ways, I thought it was right on. I thought it was thoughtful, and I thought he rounded up a lot of the issues of the day. On some other issues, perhaps he ran off the rails a little bit. But uh, let's talk well, about it. Well, it certainly got people talking. And I, I it think did if you're indeed. one who thinks that it went off the rails, you're probably another comics publisher. Because yes, I think what really got two the, in particular. I think what really or, got the most more. talk out of it was him kind of going off a little bit on licensed comics. Yeah. Like he said... He, I I, I, I quote, uh, you know, Transformers is uh, not the real thing, and um, uh, G.I. Joe is not the real thing, Star Wars is not the real thing. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I think what he was saying was just that people, you know, they're licensed products, you yes. know? And, I mean, we know that people yeah. would rather see Star Wars, the movie, for the nine trillionth time than watch the, you know, read the comics. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh, but, you know, people do enjoy reading the comics. So, I mean, maybe licensed comics, you know, some of the best comics of all times have been licensed comics. Yes, so. it's, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, it's who among us hasn't read Scrooge McDuck comics? Well, yes. I mean, that might and, be and love the example, them. to be honest. But, but, <laughs> There's uh, so many more yeah, that you could come Lulu up comics. with. I mean, a lot of them were back in the yeah, 50s. Well, yeah. and, you know, some people would even say some of the, you know, Star Wars comics I mean, have been really well done. Let, yes, let's, yeah. let's be frank. I mean, we're comics are in a way like television um, in that, well, most comics in that most comics are not made on an actual model where one person writes and creates and thinks it all up and, you know, there are characters and universes that are shared and passed around, and so the fact that the story originated somewhere else doesn't necessarily make it a bad comic or quote-unquote not real um, and it's a f- unfortunate that this tiny segment of the speech seems to be overshadowing the rest of it. Exactly. Because yeah. so much yeah, of it was so very positive. I mean, he said, so, exactly. He said so many other things. Like, you know, here's a, I mean, he also went off on variants. And, you know, he compared uh, the, he says, if you everybody moans about variants, but here's the honest to God truth. You stop ordering variants, we'll stop making them. Right. You know? You know. And, uh, he, you know, and he kind of trashed reboots and relaunches yeah. and superhero comics. Now, look, you well, know. He trashed a lot of things. He did. Well, now come to think of it. <laughs> he also talked about, you know, he also talked to, to, uh, spoke directly to retailers saying, look, Graphic novel sections are growing at Barnes & Noble, and more of them are saying on Amazon.com. But that means that there's a bigger audience for you. He talked about focusing on the future, that, that, that comics are more than simply the big two. Uh, he talked about being inclusive. He talked about focusing on women, that women, are, uh, women readers are a huge, fa- the fastest-growing sec- demographic right. and that, image. And that why would you scare them off? Exactly. Right. And, and, but one thing that he talked about that was very uh, positive, and that, I mean, this man has walked the walk is saying, you know, you can do what Image is doing. You can have the kind of success we're having by building strong new properties and putting your weight behind them. And people will come in for them if they're good enough and you let them know they exist. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that really, I mean, Image has been been living that particularly well even in the last few years. I mean, they have a very strong slate right now and there's no reason that other comic companies can't 
do the same thing. Yeah. And, and he has a point. Well, he does. And, and um, it's you a, know, but a bitch has yeah. a very specific. And I mean, you know, I think, I think a lot of these things that he was saying here, are, you know, like I, I was very heartening to see a comics popular actually acknowledge that, you know, the demographics are changing because yes. they really are changing. They really yes. are. And a lot of people, as we just keep talking about here week after week after week or month after month is, is uh, people not recognizing that. But I think pretty much every publisher who wants to actually, you know, be successful in the 21st century has acknowledged that. So I, I, you know, I'm very heartened to see, to see, uh, to see Eric, you know, acknowledge that in a, in a big way in his speech. Um, you know, the two publishers who are really... And it's uh, making him money. It is, it is. Oh, yeah. You know, I will say, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tad Adams of IDW and Mike Richardson of Dark Horse were, both of them published uh, licensed comics. They were a little sad. <laughs> well, yeah. Sad I and, mean, um, you know, I'll just read a statement that uh, Mike Richardson made here. Uh, let's see. Where are we um, on this? Because he, he... Transformer comics is not the real thing. Really? For several decades, he faced the continued loss of younger readers. We need to find ways to bring those kids back in. Eric is rightfully proud of titles such as The Walking Dead and Saga, but those aren't the books that will solve this problem. If a young girl or boy sees a comic at the age of five and happens to feature the Transformers, great. Sure. There's a chance a child will continue to read comics maybe over a lifetime. Um, and, you know, I think that's a fair. Sure, and you can say it about My, my Little Pony, or yeah. you can say it about Adventure Time. Or, yeah. I mean, I mean you can one just area that Image does not, does not um, excel at is, is comics for younger readers. Yeah, yeah and, and here's the thing that he has at the bottom of his speech, at the end of his speech, that was the one of the things that made me go, mm, is we don't want people buying their comics from Target or Walmart or as a giveaway with a toy. We want people to come right here to the very heart of the business. We want them to come to you. Um and the thing is, well, as as we will get to later in our marketing roundup, that part of how you, the argument can be made that part of how you grow the market is with the giveaway with the toy, is right. with the things available in Walmart and Target for people who don't know about the comic book shops mm-hmm. yet. Right, right. I, I do think that's fine. Uh, uh, um, I mean, listen, I'm he was just talking in a room full of comics retailers. Right. He so, had to said that he wouldn't have gotten out alive. All right. So we have so to practice. I, well, I don't no. mind. I yeah. don't mind him necessarily. You know, railing a little bit against the giant big box boxes. Uh, you know, those guys are you know putting out a lot of independent stores out of business. But yeah, but you're right. Don't get me wrong. Okay, you're yeah. absolutely right. Right. But I just meant wherever you get a comic, I think is fine. Frankly speaking. Well, now, I also think that a guy who's talking about and started his speech out about look to the future to kind of be blind to the need for kids to get comics mm-hmm. of whatever kind that will get them into reading this medium. It's that that I thought was unfortunate. Right, right. And I mean, I listen, I understand where Eric was coming from on this speech. And I understand what he was meaning by his, his, his comments on licensed comics. I think he was just trying to say... We need to do new things. And I mean, yeah, that is what exactly. he was trying to say. I think it's unfortunate that it came off as trashing the very uh, positive things that licensed comics can do for new comics readers. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I definitely, I think he said a lot of things that needed to be said. Yeah, I think, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pity that just the small bit that his, his personal feelings on mm-hmm. licensed comics, whatever. And it's true that the industry cannot live off of them and right. should not live right. off of them. They're just a part of the larger picture. Right. Is, is you know, covering this this really very interesting speech about the fact that a lot of things that keep being blown off by other publishers as not being uh, financially viable, like, oh, well, we need to keep sticking to the established characters. We can't attract women because that's not financially going to make us money. Yeah. And he's explaining that, no, that's crazy talk. Right. That's what's making us money well, right I, now. And, 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 and for him to emphasize, emphasize, just look at what we've been doing at look Image. At I mean, I don't have a problem with that either. That's no, fine. That's, no. it's, it's pointing to these other comics and sort of saying they're no good. That's kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. Um, in a speech that's so full of positives, really. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, hey, listen, I got it's a lot of It's his speech. Attention. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. He ended but... it with, look, the way he ended it, talking to stores, do more signings, uh, uh, p- do parties, invite writers, invite artists, mm-hmm. have yeah. book clubs. How yeah. many comics, graphic novel book clubs are there? I, I mean, there's got to be some. But I, this is great to hear Midtown publishers saying, that this is great. Um, and, and on the final plea, 
you know, be inclusive. You're, you know, the, yes. uh, he, he appealed to the communalism of the comics industry to, to invite more people into the in, yeah. uh, there's into no this, reason com- why this comics, grand community. There's yeah. no reason why comics should be balkanized no. the yeah. way some people seem to want to. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're basically all enjoying the same thing, just in slightly different forms. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, that Eric was kind of alluding to, um, I think, is some marketing research that's being done now for comics, which actually I've been running uh, via uh, Facebook. And, I, you know, I think we are facing a real watershed time in comics. I mean, we've seen a few sales dips. Uh, January is pretty bad. We haven't gotten the February numbers yet, which is kind mm. of interesting. They're a little bit late, which is uh, interesting to me. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been running on my site is uh, these demographics, which we've mentioned here several times, which show, like, millions of people on Facebook who like comics. Yes. Now, does that mean they're going to buy a comic? No. No. I mean, does it mean they're, they're you know... But it means they might if one means, was put in front of them right, that they wanted. It means that they have some awareness of sure. this medium. And, and, uh, and they have positive feelings and they toward have it. Positive, right. Well, they, they liked it. Right. And, uh, you know, this is a huge universe. And I, I think what Eric was talking about, he, he was saying that we need to get more people reading comics. And, you know, I'd like to segue into our next section because we have some examples of some marketing uh, things that are happening in comics. And I just interviewed Ted Adams, uh, publisher of IDW, and he talks a lot about some retail things that they're doing there that seem to, you know, according to Ted, have been very successful, mm-hmm. including they've been doing these micro fun packs, which, yeah. uh, you know, Stevenson maybe was talking about a little bit. He talked about toys, packaging with toys. But these are little fun bags that are sold at the checkout stand of Mass Market, Target, and Walmart, and so on. They include mini comics, which are really adorable. Uh, they include stickers, they include posters, they include the kind of things that kids would like. And according to Ted, the sell-through on them has been phenomenal. They're doing My Little Pony, they're doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so they're doing kids' properties. I think they're going to do Transformers, and, um, you know, he says the mini-comics are meant to get kids more aware of buying comics at comic shops. Now, is that really going to happen? I don't know, but if you do it to five kids, it's still kind of worth it. Well, but yeah, even even so, I mean, I would hope, I don't know, I haven't looked at one in any detail with a bag open although I've seen them closed is I would hope that they have some information on how you can buy the digital comic because I bet that any number of kids whose moms will not be bothered to take them to the store will be happy to be like okay I'll buy you a Transformers comic on your computer kids absolutely Mm, yeah sure Uh, look yeah Yeah. I I think that reaching out to kids um, <laughs> in almost any ways, any well, way you a, can. Yeah, but I mean, I will say idea. this is a pretty innovative program. Yeah. It really is. Sure. For a, a comics publisher to get into doing this mm-hmm. kind of mass merchandising of uh, absolutely. kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, super products themselves uh, is pretty, pretty large. It makes sense because if you're a kid and you're at a checkout mm-hmm. and you're bugging your mom for stuff. You could bug them for a magazine, which, eh, even if it's a kid's magazine, not wildly exciting. You could bug them for some candy. Candy's good. But, hey, look, stickers and stuff for my favorite TV show. Yes. That's even more exciting. Exactly. exciting. Yes, exactly. And, you know, one other thing that Adams mentioned was that they are going to Scholastic Book Fairs and having huge success there. And, uh, you know, selling, uh, prob- you know, large print runs of six figures. Scholastic sells amazing, amazing. numbers Now, they are books. discounted. They are. They are not they are. at full cover price. They yeah. usually, I think, what, what is it? How much yeah, is it? Yeah, I don't really, actually, I don't really know what the price points yeah, are. I know there is a discount. they are a lot lower. I believe they're like, maybe like But the numbers that they get are jaw-dropping. Yeah. They really are. That's a another... I mean, they move tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of units. Of books, yeah, and that's you know that's a smart place. That's yeah. a smart place to be in. Yeah. Um. So you know, good on good on uh on IDW for that. And uh, let's see what. Else? And, well, and then um. Well, speaking DC, of merchandising. Speaking of merchandising, DC has decided to literally get their comics into the homes of small children everywhere by making a deal with General Mills to have. DC Comics as serial prizes. Right. <laughs> That's right. So they're kind of doing the same thing. Um, it's and like, sure. buy a box of cereal, I'll get a mini comic. And, um, you know, again, this is the... And, and then you can then read more at the free comics online at a website, mm-hmm. which yes. I'm sure will then have plenty of go buy DC Comics information. <laughs> no doubt. Well, it. they do. But, you know, DC, again, very smart. Very smart. They very have, smart. Uh, even though publishing kids' comics isn't a huge, huge, huge... 
um, business for them. Uh, yeah, it, or initiative for them. But uh, they do have a, a portal, a web mm-hmm. portal, where parents and kids can go, and they do make a lot of free comics available there. Mm-hmm. And they, they do have, you know, uh, tools available for families to discover comics featuring DC characters together. And that's just that's very good. Smart. And, you know, Marvel's been trying to do that in a way. I'm not sure they're set up quite as well. I haven't looked at their portal uh, recently. But they um, did have an initiative last year they, they, where they were trying to do that. They had a site that was going for a while that had games and had some mini comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Marvel has a real website problem mm-hmm. in that their websites tend to be very hard to navigate. Right. And unfortunately, <laughs> this happened to the kids' website, which, I mean, you could argue that your average five-year-old would be better at work or worse at navigating yes. this site. Yes. Up for debate. But, um, yeah, they could they could use a little help you there. You know, that's, but, that's interesting you mentioned that because I know DC hired some people who are really big and had done, like, ABC's website and so on to revamp their website. And you know what? It's very functional. Uh, yes. Now, mm-hmm. there were some problems at first, but yeah. now it's very functional. Whereas Marvel has always kind of been jury rigging this vast gorman guest of a website i mean and, uh, i yeah. i have a marvel digital unlimited membership which <laughs> i mean they want me to have they get 60 bucks a year out of me for this sucker mm-hmm. and it is harder to find as someone who's paying a membership to find the things that i am paying to be able to read on their website oh. <laughs> than it is to find just some random puff piece about something about Marvel you can watch on YouTube now. Right. Interesting. Well, yeah. that's unfortunate. Well, you know, we did not have this on our topic list, and uh, so I'm going to spring this on everyone, but just sure. as long as we're talking about marketing, uh, you know, South by Southwest, just uh, interactive, True. just wrapped yes. up. And, Alas, uh, I was not there this yes, year, so our Cal- coverage Calvin has fallen off out. a little he bit. He out at his Austin Shinerbach. Annoying. Uh, Shinerbach as they call it. But, um... Uh, Marvel and Comixology were both on the scene, and uh, you know some people said that this is where Marvel was going to announce, uh, "Screw you, Comixology, we're going on our own." Uh, no, but what instead they announced <laughs> was, you know, our vaguely animated comics—they have sound now. Yep, aren't Which we all? They ex- actually, announced last year, but but, but they gone. actually did it this year. Yeah. But but now the sound's actually there, except for theore- instead of mm. theoretical sound. Um, I, I think unless you're, you know, somebody who's uh, visually handicapped, it's just not that exciting. <laughs> well, I, well, I, I heard them. Visually... I mean, they had well, a demo last are, year, but, and yeah. I heard them. Now, it, it was fine, you know. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing it's wrong with it. It's hardly blowing the doors off. But, I mean, personally, I just don't think that this is something that readers are going to be focused on, whether right. or not uh, they can get, you know, Biff, Bam, Pow, in their ears with you know a soundtrack that actually I mean the music wasn't bad yeah Uh, Yeah. it's just I don't know whether I need earphones to read my comments right and I think the other announcement they made was that they are going to make their augmented reality uh, material that was previously only available by holding your iPad over your comics which Mm. is things that people do all the time I see it everywhere (laughs) when I walk around the city uh that that material would now be available in the digital comics. So somehow well, that's good. you yeah. would be able to press a button and Even you would better. see the AR pop As up. As you should. But uh, and the other thing that was really exciting was that they're going to do Ultimate Infinite. Co- infinite Ultimate? I don't know. Infinite <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man's <laughs> coming to Infinite. So he's Infinite, he's Ultimate, and he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, so. Ultimates are new, ver- are updated versions of the origin stories, as I understand um, them. They're, they're kind of a parallel universe yeah. that started out as like, Marvel made less confusing, and then it ended up more confusing. Um, <laughs> but everyone loved it anyway, so it's still sort of around. Okay. Right. Don't well. ask too many and, questions. You know, it's the, comics. Uh, well, the other company that was there is Comicsology, And, you know, Marvel has been hiring a lot of people in their digital side. And we see these rumors constantly that they're going to make all their comics, yeah. sell their own comics. They're, they're going to have, set up their own digital in-house sales force, just the way, like, Dark Horse has, for instance. And that will be very endangering to Comicsology. And as I always keep writing, I mean, I know this has been discussed, obviously. There is definitely a rumor out there that this is happening, but it hasn't happened yet. So yeah. let's not kill Barry Comicsology quite well, All yet. I can say is yeah. if I were Comicsology, I would not be running scared because... Uh, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think they are. Uh, because, yeah. I mean... Unlimited it, is limited, is what you're saying. Well, unlimited is is limited but its own specific thing <laughs> but even marvel digital unlimited 
which is pretty limited. Um, it works better than Marvel's various hmm. digital attempts to do stuff on its own, which, in my experience, have been just kind of sad. Well, which goes the furthest now? Unlimited, infinite, or ultimate? Well, they do different things. <laughs> Unlimited means that all the back issues that they have digitized, yeah. right. you can read. Okay. And so if it is available in the store to buy and it's more than like six months old, you can read it in your in- inclusive in Unlimited. But it doesn't really have like a great app you can use to read easily. It's hard to navigate. It's, it's kind strictly of online. It's strictly on It's on strictly the online, mm-hmm. um, which would be fine, but it, the portal could use some help yeah. is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Um, but when you try to, you can buy digital Marvel Digital Comics direct from Marvel through their website mm-hmm. and that is a nightmare <laughs> like okay like Marvel Digital Unlimited looks great next to trying to buy comics on the Marvel website it is just sad well I bought eight comics on there and to this day I can't find them <laughs> wow okay. amazing well uh, you know yeah. they are definitely t- putting some manpower behind beefing up their digital that's no question and this time Comicsology had a couple give uh, giveaways they had this um, they gave away a lot of free graphic novels uh, one announced per hour instead of 300 at once which happened last year with mm. bad results uh, oh, they, they also, had the Comicsology yeah. submit yes yeah, so promotion also, yeah they had a big promotion for submit because submit yeah I, is, I wish I had is now paid attention ahead of time. Yeah, because yeah, I, I actually I meant the I meant the oh no I did I did I, I did I got it because it. it was ten dollars ten dollars for a hundred for a hundred comicsology submit I, I went on and bought it yes yeah I did <laughs> God, also. I just reminded uh, myself yeah and, uh, they also announced if I could find it here quickly which yeah. is yeah you know I wanted to I would since you use uh, Marvel Unlimited I'm curious how you felt about that promotion that they that Marvel had where for. 99, 99 cents, cents they'll give you a month for a month um yeah. no well they've done things like this before yeah um when the first captain america movie came out if you went to dunkin donuts and bought a captain america donut or you didn't even need to buy a captain america donut if you went to, mm, to those were good <laughs> i like those I if, if you went imagine. to marvel if you went to, to dunkin donuts you could get like a month free so this is not the first time that they've given new members a free or vastly reduced month to yeah, try to draw marketing. them in. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's something they do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, really quick, though, because uh, I know we have other things to talk about, but uh, Comixology released some statistics on their submit program, which is yeah. where you kind of, it's kind of their indie catch-all. Mm-hmm. It's like you yeah. upload your comic, you and Comixology share the profits on it. Uh, that it was the number three in overall content release for the past year. I think they meet among publishers. So uh, I, I thought they were main, I thought they meant among uh, content. Yes, uh, uh, other content um, yes, uploaded to. Yes, uh, number six in downloads released for the past yeah. year. Yeah, yeah I, I, number ten in gross revenue among all releases for the past year. So you know that's that's well, not. I mean, there's only nine other publishers, but still, well, uh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, well, one thing I will say is that I kind of wish that they made it easier for people to, instead of just, I mean, yes, if you search for a specific title, you'll find it, no problem. Mm-hmm. But the app itself is not organized so that, like, oh, and if you want to try something new and exciting from Submit, it's down here at the bottom of the page or something. Right. It's not. Right. It's just sort of mixed in with all the other comics sure from all the other that? publishers. Because I, I you know, they, they I have... bought a couple of Comixology Submit comics, and I I'm not mistaken. I think that there is a place on the app. I'm not 100% sure, well, so I, mean, I could be wrong. I'm not saying don't, there don't, isn't yeah. one there, but when I was going through the app specifically looking yeah. for that. Well, I'll check they again. Had, they, oh. had, they had an area called creator-owned comics. They had uh, an area that said, like, comics by comiXology, but it only had, like, three comics in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it might be there somewhere, but I personally did not find it easy to yeah, find I could I, be wrong. when I went specifically yeah. looking for it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying yeah. I couldn't find it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it might and, be there and somewhere. And that itself, that illustrates your point right there. You know, and, I mean, it's great to still have the comic there. And someone who knows they want the comic can search for it. But You know what? The, the great flaw in all of this is still discoverability. You know, yeah. it's like if you know the Avengers, you could find the Avengers. If you like, well, uh, but I'm saying if you, yes, but with all the caveats of, of like, well, you know where to go to the Marvel thing. Right. But they do, I will say this, they do have comics organized by genre mm-hmm. and theme. So, you know, if you click on science fiction, then it'll bring up science fiction comics. And so I imagine the submit ones are also tagged accordingly and are in there and, mm-hmm. you know, would be discoverable that way, sort of. But, I mean, 
I would just love it if, because I think a lot of people are like us and would be very interested specifically in seeing those submit right. comics they can't find well, anywhere they else. Well, they do, but I, I mean, they do have it arranged by genre, but, you know, I mean, but, not that Comixology is going to become Amazon, but, you know, with Amazon, it's like when you buy one thing, they, they do suggest five other things that you hmm. should might want to buy. Right. Yeah. Well, what I meant was, I, I think it would be great if they had a prominently displayed, even if not very large, section where you could hit it and you could just see submit things because I think I'd be interested in that. There, I think a lot of people a, would. Uh, they, there is a submit section. There actually is an absurd, there is yeah. a submit section. Is it in the app or just the it's site? It's in the app and there's, it's labeled Comixology Submit and Oh, so it actually has the actual yeah. co- Okay. And so I just comics. missed it because yeah. I couldn't find it but yeah. it's there. And then well, they that's have, good. Then you can... Yeah, well, you know, we were just saying you need to be findable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, at least they're trying. So points and, there. And, and I, even here, I'm not sure if this is everything or whether this is highlights new yeah. releases only. So because it's they should have more titles in there displaying here right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know what? I'm going to make a, a quick. We should definitely bikini move on, cowboy. But, but one I'm, of my favorites. Uh, right, but one of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of really good comics that are in submit. One of them that's really cool is uh, Testament by Douglas Rushkoff. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. He got the rights back for Vertigo and has released it as a digital graphic novel. It's a big, thick. I think there was yeah, about yeah. 24 issues. It's like uh, very reasonable. Uh, what know, is it? it? It's uh it's his take on the Bible. Oh, as, interesting. As, um, as a kind of allegory in the yeah. in a future dystopian society. Um, I only read the first volume. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, Douglas Rushkoff is but, a very noted futurist, and this is really some pretty wild ideas. Yes, about, it is. about religion and yeah. uh, human development, and uh, some pretty wild comments. Sounds well, awesome. So. Anyway, moving on to let's see. Oh yeah, we're retailing, we marketing, uh, and Kickstarter. Kickstarter. I was gonna say, what's the one buzzword we yeah. haven't hit yet this week? Kickstarter. Yeah, so Kickstarter. Well, other than Alan Moore, we're not hitting that <laughs> one this yeah. week. Or sexism. So, well, look, well, there were some big stats released about Kickstarter, uh, as well as some very interesting um, uh, Kickstarter campaigns, or and some new developments about Kickstarter campaigns. But on the statistical side. I think Kickstarter announced that they have hit a... Um, a billion dollars a, in pledges. A billion in pledges. Uh, with, I forget how many... Uh, hold on. And they have... Uh, how many oh, donors that was. 5.7 million donors. There you go. And um, projects funded from... I mean, funded projects have come from 224 different countries and territories. Yes. Uh, more than half of all pledges have been in the last six months. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so it, it seems to imply that Kickstarter is is growing vastly. Yeah. Mm. Um, Certainly seems the to be. The most popular category as far as money invested is games and comics. For all that we think of comics when we think of Kickstarter, um, comics are actually only 10th uh, in far of as far as pledges goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just that comics projects are cheaper to produce. Uh, are they 10th in, in, uh, in volume? They're, they're not in number? I, I think in cash. In they're 10th in cash. 25.5 million. They're, they're they, ranking in cash. How do they rank in number that are funded? Yeah, they're, it's hard to say. They're not, that's not what was, it was just rendered yeah. like raw, like how many yeah, it was just a, it dollars, was dollars and pledges And then going some in. donors also. Um, and um, but the most influential donor, they think, the one who has brought in the most other people, is Neil Gaiman, number okay. one in all categories. Oh, most important, yeah. Neil Gaiman. And actually, guy. generally, or at least it has been in the past, comics uh, have a higher success rate, copies campaigns, than general publishing. Well, that's what I was saying. It's like uh, you know, it might be worth digging in there and looking at the figures because they did release a lot of statistics at the mm. end of last year, and. Uh, they talked about, like I said, which categories were fun, like had the highest success rate of being funded, and comics actually did very well. I would not be the, surprised in the funding. But yeah. number one was dance, uh, so or that was the low. It was it was a surprise. It yeah, was, <laughs> in, in the ter- dance in terms of of projects that the percentage of projects that were funded. Okay, <laughs> so uh, which is a different metric entirely. Yes, but, um, yeah. Um, but as successful Kickstarter is, uh 
always her trouble on the horizon will people get sick of it i mean that six month statistic indicates no but uh there have been a couple of pretty spectacular kickstarter flameouts right now the most uh <laughs> the most spectacular the poster is, boy for flameouts yeah it's pictures so of sad children which was a a web comic by a person named john campbell and uh it's not quite clear what's happened uh mostly this has been reported on a couple of tumblers and tom hmm. spurgeon has been uh it's making the rounds, though, on the yeah, internet, I mean, boy. Let almost, me tell you. It almost seems Everyone's like... Everyone's kind of stunned at, at yeah. what's happening here because well, he's burning the, books. Well, he, he he put up a video and said that he wasn't going to fulfill any more pledges and had a video of him burning the books and said that, you know, posted this really long rambling thing And for about, every message I receive about this book, I will burn another yeah. book. <laughs> and now then someone else posted, which hasn't gotten as much um, uh, circulation, but, you know, you know, apparently he is... Uh, a trans, I mean, she, so technically it's a she, uh, um, and has been, you know, the comic itself was about, um, was about being depressed and, you know, mm. she has been depressed for quite a while. So, um, you yeah. know, there's a lot more going on in her life, yeah. really. Yeah. Than Campbell appears to be having some kind of mental health yeah, event. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or she, it's uh, hard to tell given that this announcement happened during said mental health event. Yeah. So whether this is a, a pronouncement made yeah. seriously on, on a lifetime basis or well, who knows, right. we don't know. Yeah, right. but, but something he raised fifty thousand dollars. Raised yes. fifty thousand dollars did create a very popular comic. Yes, uh, but you know, I, I think that is one thing that will become more evident when you have things that are run specifically with one person yeah. without really a safety net. I mean, he seems yeah. to have mismanaged right. the campaign. Is, he was overwhelmed by the ability to uh, to ship his... Yeah, yeah, there's actually um, his rewards. a quote I mean, here saying... He's not the only person that uh, that's happened to. After shipping costs, I lost money on yeah. most of the books I saw at the $25 level. Um, and yeah. Basically, I stuff not, you have you know, planned well. I only buy back Kickstarters of people I know personally because then I can uh, that I <laughs> you know you can get the book. <laughs> yeah, I know who to <laughs> nag in order to get. Where, the book. Whereas I will back Kickstarters basically for one of two reasons. One, I'm either I'm pretty sure it's going to come out. All of the digger one, where you know, I mean, I was just getting the digital reward. That's all I wanted. I didn't care if I ever got the stickers, which I haven't gotten yet. But I don't give a damn about the stickers. <laughs> well, so I, whatever, I, I, I got I my digital you. comic, but. Um, and the others are ones where I'm taking a chance on it. Like, sure. I basically, I kiss that five bucks goodbye when yeah, I put it in absolutely. Kickstarter. Yeah. And Both if eyes I get open. something, I'm great. And if not, well, I support independent comics, whatever. A- absolutely. You um, see something, you, you think it's cool, and you know, what the heck? Yeah. Here's 20 bucks. You know, yeah, I you, hope you, I get my book. Yeah, you don't put anything <laughs> into Kickstarter that you 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 know can't afford to it, risk. It's the brilliance of Kickstarter. Yeah, if I, you, know. you might get something amazing. And you you, you know. might get nothing. You might get something surprising two years later, and you're like, oh, I forgot about yeah. that Kickstarter entirely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, one of them that I backed was uh, the Starstruck, and uh, you know, it's taken a long time, but I, you mm. know, I think my clue is worth waiting for. So yeah, and it's a comic well worth it. It is well yeah, worth it. Know. I mean, it hasn't come out in thirty years to begin with, so yeah. you know, what's another <laughs> couple of years to wait? I mean, so. I I uh, I backed the. Um, Alex DeCampis, and it was looking a little shaky there, but she came through. Yeah, she did. Like a pro, she like did. the pro she is, she and a, and a, with a gorgeous and an engrossing book. Yeah, but I mean, things like this. I mean, although you can't predict mental health events, um, do certainly show the role for maybe having Kickstarter experts to guide the more unwary and unskilled. Through the thickets of figuring out the financials, and we've also we're seeing there's a group of sort of middlemen growing up now to fulfill, Mm -hmm. Uh, and some people really need that. And you've got a plan. I mean, clearly you've got to take shipping into account when you start lining up these rewards, or you'll you'll go bust. Well, speaking of middlemen, um, you know, perhaps the most unlikely person ever, and yet somehow not unlikely Mm -hmm. when you really think about it, is Steve Ditko, and he is at 86 years old. Is is, has a I'm comic, a backer. Has a new original comic up on Kickstarter. Uh, not telling you anything about it, except for the cover. <laughs> no and, video. <laughs> and and the fact that he's doing it with Robin Snyder, his former editor there, from Charlton. Is it the only Kickstarter campaign that has no video? No. <laughs> okay, just, yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> but it feels like it. Yes. Um, very bare, very spare. Very spare. 
like, but you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of bitterness from some people who are like, Steve Ditko doesn't need Kickstarter. Why is he on Kickstarter? He's just on Kickstarter because he's crazy. But you know what? If you are an 86-year-old classic comic creator who just wants to do whatever the hell he wants and figures he can get people to fund him... Why not? Hell yeah! Why I not? Use kick, I think Kickstarter is ideal for for uh, yeah. for Steve Ditko. It's perfect. I mean, it's yeah. You know, so, he likes to control his shit. And uh, now he, he should can. pardon my language. <laughs> right, right. Um, and uh, he, he's currently funded three thousand two hundred thirty-one dollars out of two thousand one hundred. And I mean, given that he's one of the few still living and producing greats of mm-hmm. the yeah. great era that's of, a pretty modest kickstarter of comics yeah. like i mean he's got most of the month left guys i, I mean don't you want to throw a couple bucks towards steve ditko to say that you did yes. hey i did and you know what i, I hope he goes way and you over felt good about it i absolutely did i feel great <laughs> You know, now hopefully, hopefully I'll get so my So now comment. all we need is him on Comixology Submit, although that might end in fire and brimstone <laughs> if he got into a censorship battle yeah, with them. Right, right. Well, well you know, Dicko has been keeping up and doing comics ever since yeah, uh, he's, for the past 30 mm, years. So, you know, yeah. this is a little known. I mean, he's actually worked, I, he worked for Marvel and DC in that time. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. not for Marvel, but he worked for DC in that yeah. time. And, um, you know, so the guy, even though he's known as a recluse, really isn't as much of a recluse as a lot of mm. people think he is. But so. this is putting him on the internet in a place where people can actually find his work, which is always a plus. Well, it's run by Robin Snyder. Now, well, Robin Snyder so. is his longtime yeah. amanuensis helper. I mean, he's been Ditko's right-hand man for, again, 30 years. So, mm. I mean, you know, I mean, this is Robin Snyder doing a Kickstarter for well, Ditko. Yes, but. Yeah. but even so, what I meant is you can find Ditko's work yes. on the internet in a easily searchable yes. place as opposed to finding it somewhere tucked at the back of Hanley's comics, this, like, mini-comic, which looks vaguely familiar, and then you realize it's Ditko! Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's true. And in a, and a, in they have he has a blog spot, too, that I think Robin Snyder maintains, yes. that, where you, yes. can, you can get his essays and right. the like. Well, anyway, moving on a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, speaking about streaming and the modern, yeah. you know, the modern era. Now there's a new um, a manga manga app uh, by Katakawa. Yeah, looks very interesting. Uh, Katakawa Comic Walker. Uh, it's a new model. It's launching on March 22nd. Uh, it uh, seems um, basically uh, Katakawa is going to uh, put, as I read it, in different places. The numbers change, but roughly 200 comics up but the model seems to be and I get confused as to whether there's a chapters or volumes they're talking about mm-hmm. but um, when a new either uh, I, I think it's a volume when a new volume of a series comes out then the old volume will be taken off online uh, mm. so it's it's going through a process of being free online for a time and then it will be archived behind a paywall and then uh, when a new print volume comes out ultimately it's to send you to a website yeah. to buy print right. version but for, oh can you buy the digital that's behind the paywall well that's is not clear like if the you, stories i've read really focus on that there you can read it digitally online but that you can uh, buy the print volume yeah because i would think you know it, it takes out the impulse ability if if like you're reading the latest volume and you're like, oh, I want some back issues, I want to give them money, you should yeah. have that option. I hope it's there. Well, I think the option would be to buy print uh, back issues mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to digital ones. Uh, it didn't. The stories that I've read did not make it clear that, uh, and I think that's not that downloadable digital access is, is or even happening. or even just streaming digital access yeah. for money. So that uh, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more actually uh, our crack manga correspondent Deb Aoki is actually at work on this as we speak so be sure to check publishersweekly.com slash comics uh, we'll have some stories on this when uh, she's talked with the principals but um, that said uh, it does seem like an interesting look uh, uh, an interesting way to get manga out there uh, they obviously want to give people a sample uh, but at the end of the end of the day, it really seems as though they're really looking to focus to get people to buy the print. Right, right. But I think anything that gives, I mean, they're clearly doing this to try to do an end around around the scanlations if they can. Yes. And, you know, it's just, it, I think it's just really great to see more and more Japanese companies really being aggressive about this yeah. as opposed to, yeah. 
know, and this is good like content. I, my my understanding is this is a quality manga yeah. uh, that they that they're giving access to. So there'll be more to come on this. Uh, oh, and I should also say uh, that the online versions will be available in three different languages. So they really are looking to mm-hmm. attract a global audience. It'll be in English, Japanese, and Chinese. And down the road, they're looking to add French. So uh, I think that's a very interesting, uh, you know, new venture. We'll see how it develops. Okay. Um, speaking of comics in a wide variety of mediums, um, we just thought we'd do a re- quick revisit on. Marvel's Agents of Shield on television. <laughs> well, yes. you know, I've been covering this quite a bit, and my readers on the beat are really sick of people trashing Shield, but it just seems so trashable. Well, well it is. Well, I mean, <laughs> I like. I, I will I, say this: I have liked it, and I have hated it, yeah. and I think that's kind of where we're at on that thing. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely. <laughs> my feelings about Shield go up and down. Like, originally, it did not live up to my expectations, which were admittedly high. Uh, and then <laughs> it seemed to find its feet a little bit more as it spent less time concentrating on its most boring character. A-plus there. <laughs> um, and then I was really kind of liking it, especially when I realized this show really was, when they say a family show, not a show aimed at adults that kids also like, but a show which really, at least it had seemed to me, was trying to reach out to the entire like eight to fifty year old audience mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time. So everyone, I was like, you know what? I guess is accomplishing this. And so sometimes if it's a little ham handed, the eight year olds will get it. Okay, but this latest episode, which was supposed to um, bring back lots of big numbers, and you know, once they came back from their this hiatus, is where they were like, we are revealing where we've been going all season. And, you know, by introducing a new character pay, played by Bill Paxton, who, yeah. you know, has a big kick-ass demographic among, you know, nerd liberties. Anyway, I'm sorry, Kate. Go, go on. I, I, I kind of, yeah. Bill See, Paxton, that's really going to get you all the ratings in the world, dude. <laughs> if you can tell the tone of the voices here, this is what this show does to people. It simultaneously attracts and annoys them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, but okay, here's the thing. Like, I was actually, like, becoming at peace, Shield, because I was like, yes, 8 to 50-year-olds, no problem. But um, this big thing that was supposed to bring back actually uh, only got a 1.7 rating, which is not too it amazing. It was their worst rating ever. <laughs> yeah, and at the same... <laughs> at, <laughs> at the same time, um, suddenly, because I realized that it was such a family show, I was actually really kind of a little horrified by the episode, because I had heard a certain... I, I watch it on my television's free, you know, on-demand day after. Because I never get around to watching it the day it's on. And so I had started hearing noise from people that this episode was a little violent and horrifying. And I was like, eh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And at the beginning, like, it seemed like they were going to be like, no, you know hurting an armed prisoner is bad because <laughs> because uh, Melinda May is like at the end of her rope and almost beats up on him but Coulson's like no stop and I'm like okay that's okay but then later uh, Bill Paxton comes on and is like yeah me and my buddies are gonna torture this unarmed prisoner for information I mean admittedly the guy's a murderer but still we're gonna torture him and he's all bloodied you, you, and everything you, you. and and Coulson Starts endorsing it. Yeah, you and know, is like I, I, I felt this uh, the same way. It was like you know when when uh, when Ma- uh, Matt Ming. Nah, I don't know the names of any of the characters of the show except Coulson. When Ming uh, <laughs> when was was threatening Melinda. Guy, Melinda was threatening him. Uh, that was that was human. You know, she's mad because her teammate is mm. dying and this yeah. guy shot her. That's what you do. But then the authorities are not. You know, it's like oh, let's torture him. Oh, uh, yeah, I was right there with you on that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like at the first, it was just a burst of temper, and then it was like it was like the yeah. show was saying, "Don't do that," and she was like, "You're." Right right thank you for stopping me and i was like okay but then it really felt like the show was was endorsing it was mm-hmm. like it is totally okay to bloody this man for your cause who but is then unarmed when, but then when they went to the secret base to get the medicine to save 
uh, the, the, the one who was dying. Then it was like there was these two guards there. And I mean, it was admittedly a firefight, but it was like, you know, it was... <laughs> I have to confess, I have not seen this episode. Okay. I, I actually will watch it, but... Well, I, I didn't... The, the <laughs> this fire... could go on for a while here, but go the, on. Okay, the firefight <laughs> didn't bother me because... It, well, firefight, whatever. But it, it was heat of the moment, fire whatever but yes whatever but but that's i mean the, i really felt the byword <laughs> but i really felt like like the endorsement of torture on a show which is being watched by eight-year-olds by the main characters was just a bit much well, you know what now i mean i'm wondering if they're this is the start of if they're going to like eventually be like this is wrong and bad at some point and like they're just ham-handedly trying to show a startup well, yeah, darkness. We, we should we should give the see where we're going. I, I missed the episode last night where Sif comes on and you know and does things. And the Enchantress was not the Enchantress. Lorelai was introduced. But you know what this show felt to me like? It felt to me like a. I, I just call it, you know, that's so Coulson, because it just seems to be like you know a Disney Channel show. Because you know where everybody else is watching. Uh, uh, you know HBO and um, well, what you it, know True Detective. I mean, Lost. Lost was on ABC. Remember that back in the days. Well, Remember how great that show looked. Well, I I I liked I like Agents of Shield as what it is. But this really felt as if a Disney Channel show, which I was at peace with it being, was now trying to do True Detective. Yes, exactly. And I was like, Bingo. I'm like, Bingo. you lose at both. <laughs> you are you are failing your actual demographic, and you are failing to be as hardcore as you think you are, and you're just like. It's like if the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started torturing Shredder and there was blood <laughs> everywhere. It's just wrong, man. Can I, can on I, so many can levels. Can I ask you guys a question? Why do you think we keep coming back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because, well, well there are a good couple question. reasons. On one hand, like, I actually, I keep watching it because for all that some things make me roll my eyes, I like it. Um, and I, I think also because it's, it's, a something based on comics which is being a flagship property for a network. I mean, normally they get fairly good ratings for all, you know, this had the worst ratings ever. I mean, they're this is their big show. And I, it's it's putting comics it's putting their money where their mouth is with comics culture. And that's and it's linked into the movies and it's bringing people into the universe and I mean, it's it's an experiment in television that's interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I basically want to see because I I think it's it's a legitimate um, uh, example of transmedia uh, yes. that that um, that uh, I think Marvel has kind of shown how to do this in some ways in ways that that actually sort of work. Um, uh, I'm uh, I I agree with you. I was basically I saw the movie, I enjoyed it, I liked the way the the, the TV show was kind of a segue out of that. Yeah, uh, picking up its own storylines but including others. Uh, as we see this emerging new kind of Marvel universe in multiple different medias. So I was curious. Um, and, you know, look, you know, you know, I'm a long, I'm a, an old fart Marvel fan, <laughs> uh, you know, from way back. And, and I don't really read a lot of Marvel anymore necessarily, but I, you know, the, the, the residue is always there. I can always be hooked into paying attention to Marvel. Uh, and this was an example where well, I wanted to see I, if they could pull it I, off. I, 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 will, I will say this. It is not actually a worse show than Arrow. Arrow is equally cheesy and stupid. But people love Arrow. But people love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. They're just different people. I'm not sure about that because I, I like I, I seem to see like when people talk about Arrow, they're like, wow, what a great yeah. adaptation. Like DC's really knows how to do it. Oh, my God. Now they're doing the Flash. Whereas, I, I mean, I think... Like with the shield, it was like an, as an annoying itch. I mean, it, it's I don't really get the love. People keep watching it though, like us. Well, but I, I <laughs> well, think no, we seem perpetually dissatisfied. But if I can answer it. my own question here for a moment, yes. I mean, I think from my viewpoint, it's because, like as you were saying, Calvin, it's that Marvel Disney has done such an amazing job with the movies, yeah, and they've created this web of interconnected continuities and characters. I mean, Agent Coulson really only is on this show because they had kept, they had, you know, introducing him in all the movies and they killed him off in the Avengers, which is like, oh, the wah-wah, so sad moment. <laughs> and so they've been so genius. They're doing what no other movie studio has ever done. And then when you say, oh, transmedia it up, baby, bring it on. Let's do this TV show that's going to really, sure. you know, bring in all the Marvel. And like every conversation I ever had about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at a convention bar last balls uh was you know why don't they bring in 
like the Leaper. I mean, why don't they bring it into the Marvel Universe? I think it was just the fact that that it seemed like everybody had it written in their mind and what they did was so far from that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think I watch it because I like it, but I'm annoyed with it because it's one. It's just, it's like Supernatural in that way. It's just good enough that you want to watch it, but it's just flawed enough that you're like... <sighs> you know, that's how I am with Almost and, Human. Well, frankly, uh, I would would uh, love the show even more if Ward got eaten by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> Cosign. <laughs> Okay, and on that notion, let's segue Wait quickly into some new news briefs. Good news, I suppose. Boom has inked a first look deal with Cartoon Network to um, do their comics. And um, currently a lot of Cartoon Network properties are being handled by IDW. But uh, going forward, it will be Boom, and this will be a real boon to Boom because Boom has lost a lot of Disney licenses. It's a boon to boom? It's a boon to boom. <laughs> um, and uh, they seem to be bouncing back. Yeah. Well, they're doing pretty well with their Adventure Time uh, franchise. Well, but they well. that was a Cartoon Network show. Yeah. And so they're, they're getting more of that. Yeah. Uh, so. Because I guess they pulled off Adventure Time and so Cartoon Network is like, okay, guys, yeah. we are, they're go doing forward. Steven Universe is the next one they're yep. doing, which um, mm. has a big uh, cult following. So... And, and, and as I understand, they're looking at the, at the, the, the newest uh, properties that show up on... Uh, yeah, anything new that yeah. comes onto Cartoon Network, yeah. boom, gets the first look. Well, cool. interestingly, there's just been a shake-up at the head of uh, Cartoon Network as well. Uh, so there's kind of some developments going on there. Mm. More to come on that for sure. All right. Yes. And speaking of there will be more to come, there will be more Bill Watterson to come. Because apparently not only has he done his first public cartoon in many years uh, as the poster for the documentary about comic strips stripped. Um, But he is going to be starring in it as one of the comics creator interviewed. Uh, We don't know what he's going to say. We don't know how significant his portion of it is. But we'll just have to wait and see that documentary. Yeah, well, you know, uh, there's well, a trailer floating around yeah, too we that, know with his that, voice on it. Uh, comics are back uh, because mm. we have both Bill Waters and Steve Ditko back. <laughs> yes, yes. So really, something's happening. But yeah. the film, uh, what is it? Uh, produced by Fred uh, Schroeder and Dave Kellett. Uh, Ninety interviews with all kinds of comics artists. Yeah, and not just of all kinds of people who create comic strips, but not ones for. Old school ones for the papers and also web comics. Yes, absolutely. So, and there's you know, an it, interesting. Looks like there's an interesting dynamic going on also of web comics artists talking about their era, uh, and newspaper comics talking about the demise of theirs. Uh, and so I, I, I'm really yeah, I mean, looking forward got some, to seeing this. They've got some. They're not just throwing in a few token web comics. Yeah. They've got some really big names. They've got Kate Beaton. They've got um, Scott Kurtz of Pl- Player versus Player. They've got you know. Uh, the oatmeal. They've yeah, got Matthew Penny Indian. Arcade, yeah. and and then they've got Beetle Bailey. Oh well, uh, they've got any number <laughs> of <Bailey>. comics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, subject of much head scratching among comics fans for the last twenty years as it slowly crept off into incomprehensibility. Well, yeah, that it's kind of yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but but it should be very interesting, and um, I can't wait to see it. And also, uh, well, no, no, also. Uh, and that's rounds, that wraps us can up I for just, this week. Can I throw one more thing oh. in? This is one more comment that Eric uh, Stevenson made in his speech that I, that I just oh, think yeah. is ideal. I just and I, and I just because I want to give him once again another four. What I think I'm really positing. One of the things he said in his speech is that anyone who isn't currently buying comics is our target market, and I think yes. that that's right. right on. That's true. I think that's right on. The people out there, these people out here that I, that I, as I used to say, people who are interested in comics but not obsessed about it like the rest of us are, that's a market too. And they're, they're, market. And they're, and they're open to comics more than they've ever been before. Yeah, and, and people, people like some of my friends, like my roommate, who had left comics in disgust for one reason or another over the last 20 years, are coming back. Yeah. Right. Either through the apps or, or through bookstores, you know, they're finding things that work for them again. 